don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Michelle. I'm Kirsten. And I'm back with the true crime. Beow, beow, beow. Yay. I know Michelle's, um, I already know that this case she's talking about is going to be fucked the fuck up. I'm not ready. Yeah, I'm just really, honestly, I'm just going to put a trigger warning right here, <laughs> right now. Just don't even start listening to this if just trigger warning there's animal abuse and this one is just like i remember over the top bad i remember exactly where i was whenever you were telling me about this case Mm -hmm. like that's how horrifying it is yeah um this case was suggested by my boyfriend austin he will be hearing from my therapist you guys have heard him you guys have heard his research and this is not his research this is mine but it was a suggestion from him, mm-hmm. and it is based off a video that was leaked that was titled, Three Guys, One Hammer. Yikes. My boyfriend happened to see this video as a child and is traumatically scarred for the rest of his life, and he put in my notes here, do not seek this video out, guys. From us. In all from capital us. letters. Literally. Asterisks, parentheses, all of it. The whole nine yards. Um, as far as I know, the video is no longer available. And I am not going to go searching for it at the request of Austin. And I don't want to see it. I really don't. I don't I, I don't know what happens in the video. I have an, a, an idea from what you've told me previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I That's not... And this is coming from someone who, like, looks up crime scene photos. And, like, I don't know if you guys remember when Michelle did, um, what was it? The cannibal case. Katarazina. No, 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 no. no. That was the skin suit. Cannibal, cannibal, cannibal. Oh! The cannibal cafe. Armin Mavis? Mavis, yeah. I looked up photos from that. Yeah, and there's actual photos of the bathtub. Just go listen yeah. to it. And that, so me saying that I'm not interested in looking at this, mm-hmm. um, it's bad. I, I didn't put any even... pictures in here because, no. honestly, their faces, I don't even like looking at their faces, but... So, anyways, let's let's roll with it. Okay. Trigger warning right here. Please, if just don't listen. If you're it. triggered by anything, period. There's there is no sexual assault, but there is animal abuse and obviously human abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really tragic and really like. This is just over gonna be top. one of those fucked up cases. Yeah. Obviously, murder is fucked up in itself, but like you know. This one is like. To mm. another degree. Yeah. So, there was three Ukrainian serial killers responsible for a string of murders in Dnipropetrovsk in June and July of 2007 now. Okay. Two of these people were more involved than the other person. Okay. I will say that. Two 19-year-olds, Victor Sienko, born March 1st, 1988, which is very weird because Austin's birthday is March 1st, and he suggested this case. That's... Crazy. And Igor Suprunyuk, 
Born April 20th, 1988. Now listen, I'm American. I'm going to butcher the shit out of some of this stuff, so I'm mm-hmm. going to apologize in advance. The third... Third? Third. The third suspect, Alexander Hansa, born in February of 1988. Okay. So that's our three suspects. They all attended school together. They had all found some common ground at some point. You know when you make friends <laughs> in school, like you just... You find someone that you get along with that you have common things in common with yes um victor and igor were both afraid of heights and they were all afraid of being beaten up by bullies okay don't know what struck that fear of being beat up by bullies but (laughs) it doesn't really go into detail okay they would stand on the balcony of their 14th floor apartment for hours hanging over the railing and this evidently made them like not so afraid of heights anymore they were trying to do exposure therapy That's what for I was themselves. getting ready to say, exposure therapy yeah. DIY. Alexander was the most squeamish of the three. Okay. He actually apparently had a blood phobia. Okay. And he even refused to bathe his kitten because he thought he might scold it with hot water. Okay. Like, he didn't want to be the water to be too hot, okay. evidently. Yeah, yeah. Igor um, suggested tackling their fears by torturing stray dogs. What is that going to do? Zero to 100. Real quick. They're like, you know what? Instead of, you know, hanging off the side of buildings, let's go torture some dogs. Yeah. What? Right. They would capture dogs in a wooded area near their house, hang them from trees, disembowel them, and take pictures next to the corpses. Oh and when you look up this on Wikipedia, the picture that they have of them is them standing and it's blurred out in the back, but the animal is hanging in the tree. But it's blurred out. You can't see it. I need to go hug my dog. Yes, you do. Um, I want to go hug my cats. <laughs> These photos were taken by them while they were underage. In some of the photos, the boys are drawing swastikas and other symbols with animal blood. They were also giving the Nazi salute. And in one photo, Igor is posing, sporting a toothbrush mustache resembling Adolf Hitler. What the fuck? And this happened where? Um, Ukraine. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that Igor is, like, kind of the ringleader of this group, as you can tell. Okay. He's the one that kind of, like, he, well, he was the leads one... them and suggests the bad things. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't he the one that suggested them yeah. to go out and torture dogs? And he was the one that really suggested them hanging off the 14th floor balcony. Mm-hmm. So, Igor was actually born on March. Or, sorry, April 20th, which is the same day Hitler was born. And he basically just was so proud of this. He said it all the time. No, thank you. I was born on the same day as Hitler. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. They also had a long video of the three of them torturing a white kitten. Have you ever seen that documentary on Netflix called Don't Fuck With Cats? No. You should watch it. Okay. It's... Okay talk about it later when they were 17 igor beat up another boy stole his bike and then he sold it to victor they were both arrested but didn't go to jail since they were still considered minors okay so after they all graduated school um alexander worked a few odd jobs he was a pastry chef Stref. Pastry chef at one point, and then he was a construction worker. Okay. Um, at his arrest, spoiler alert, 
they okay. all get arrested. Um, he was unemployed. Okay. Victor went to Metallurgy Institute part-time and worked as a security guard. And Metallurgy is like an engineering science-based type school. Okay. Igor was unemployed but had a little side hustle driving his green Daewoo Lannis. Daewoo? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> as a licensed taxi driver. Okay. Um, and this car is later used in the crimes. Unfortunately. Igor, with the help of Victor and Alexander, began picking people up, and they would just rob them. Okay. They would just take all their stuff. Mm-hmm. Alexander had apparently helped rob two men, but refused to go on with other acts. He was kind of, like, not about it. Yeah, he's like, I'll rob people, but I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. So, but um, they would basically rob these people, take their stuff, and take it up to a pawn shop or keep it for themselves. Just they were. This is money. how they were making money. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to move on to the murders. Okay. Um, we're only going to go over a few. All the names I don't think were released. Because a lot of this information was actually kept from the public in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think all of the names are out there. But if they are, I will find them. I just couldn't. Okay. I need to look a little bit harder. Okay. Um, the first victim was a 33-year-old woman named Yekaterina Ichinko. Okay. She was working home or walking home, sorry, after tea at her friend's apartment. And from Victor's story, they were just out for a walk. And Igor had a hammer. Okay. They were just taking their hammer for a walk. Strolling around with a hammer. Yep. And according to Victor, Igor was the one who brought the hammer. Of course Again, he was. the instigator. Yeah. As Yekaterina walked past the two men, Igor spun around and hit her in the side of the head with a hammer. Wow. She was bludgeoned to death, and her body was then found at 5 a.m. by her mother. Wow. Yeah. Within an hour, an hour of the first murder, they attacked their next victim. They're on that adrenaline high. Mm-hmm. Roman Tatarevic was sleeping on a bench near where they had attacked Yekaterina, and they smashed his head in with multiple blunt objects until he was unrecognizable. And that was kind of their M.O. Mm-hmm. Where was the bench located? Right across the street from the local prosecutor's office. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. On July 1st, there were two more victims. Yevgenina Grishkinko and Nikolai Surchunk were found murdered in a town close to the first two murders. So they, they were kind of traveling. Mm-hmm. This was the town of Novomoskovsk. Okay. It wasn't really described in detail what happened to them, but... I'm assuming it's, like, the same M.O. They pretty much got bludgeoned to death. Mm -hmm. As far as, like, going as far as they were unrecognizable. On July 6th, three more people. Gosh, I can't English today either. (laughs) Three more people were murdered in Didipro. The first victim being Igor Nekvoloda. Man, I sound American saying that really hard there. Igor with an E. Yeah, not I. (laughs) He was recently discharged, a recently discharged army recruit, and he was bludgeoned on his way home from a nightclub. His body was also found by his mother the next morning near their apartment building. Wow. So he was literally, like, so close to mm-hmm. home. He was almost there. Mm-hmm. Yelena Schramm was a 28-year-old night guard. According to Victor's confession, Yelena was walking toward them, and Igor struck her with a hammer that he had been hiding under his shirt. 
He hit her several more times after she fell. She had been carrying a bag of clothes at the time she was struck. Victor and Igor picked up the bag of clothes, used them to clean off the hammer, and then threw them out. Like in the trash. Mm -hmm. On the same night, they murdered a woman, another woman, Valentina Hansa. And apparently she had no relation to Alexander Hansa, who's one of these suspects. It's probably just like a common name. Yeah. Igor is also a common name in this. So, mm-hmm. she was the mother of three, and she also had a disabled husband. That's horrible. Yeah. July 7th, Andre Sidyuk and Vadim Lyakov Le- went fishing, and they were attacked by Victor and Igor. Okay. Andre, unfortunately, was killed, and Vadim actually escaped and hid in the woods. Wow. They were only 14 years oh old. Oh, my gosh. So, they didn't care who it was, how old they were, if they were male or female. They were, they were getting just you. attacking everybody. July 12th, 48-year-old Sergi Yatsenko was riding around on his motorcycle. And he had recently been disabled because of cancer. And his bludgeoned body was found four days later. Wow. There were signs of a visible attack. Mm-hmm. Um... July 14th, Natalia Mamachuk was riding her scooter in Dovaka, and she was passing through a wooded area when two men approached her and knocked her down. They bludgeoned her to death with a hammer and a pipe, and then they stole her scooter and drove off with it. Local witnesses actually tried to chase after them, but they got away. These people are fucking nuts. Natalia was 45 years old. Wow. Thirteen more murders happened after Natalia. Wow. That's crazy. These people are just going at it. Yeah. The bodies were usually found within the same day, Mm -hmm. and there were two victims found per day between July 14th through the 16th. Dang. No one was safe. Their victims could be anyone. Mm -hmm. They didn't care. They didn't care how old you were, like Mm -hmm. I said. Mm -hmm. Their MO was the same for pretty much every murder, bludgeoning them to death until they were unrecognizable. Um, they were killed with a blunt object, including a hammer or steel construction bars. The blows were directed at their faces, leaving them to the point where they couldn't even be recognized. And that was probably purposeful, too. I'm sure it was. Many of the victims were also mutilated or tortured. Some victims had their eyes gouged out, while some were barely still alive. Oh my gosh. One pregnant woman even had her fetus cut from her womb. That's sick. That is sick. Mm Mm-hmm. There was an... Never any sexual assault reported. Like that makes it any better. Right. Some victims even had their items stolen and pawned. Like I said, they started out robbing people and then it escalated to this. Well, actually, they started out murdering or killing animals. Mm-hmm. That's the sign of a serial killer. Yeah. And then they started robbing people. Mm-hmm. But I feel like their MO was to always get to humans. Right. I'm sure they were talking about it. Yeah. There wasn't an official link between any of the murders until July 7th, and that's when the two boys were attacked while they were fishing. Originally, the police thought that Vadim was responsible for his friend's death. He was placed under arrest, denied access to counsel, and he was even beaten by police during questioning. A 14-year-old boy. That was... That ran away. Yeah. Because his friend just got murdered yeah. in front of him. And he... That's... Just, that's crazy. Yeah. The police eventually realized that the murder was connected with the murder spree. Mm-hmm. 
Fadim cooperated with police to give sketches of the perpetrators and two children who were hiding in a tent and witnessed the attack on July 14th. And co- they also corroborated um, Fadim's story mm-hmm. about the two guys. Mm-hmm. There was a task force sent from Kiev. And over 2,000 investigators worked on this case. Wow. At first, no information was released and no one was warned about the attacks. Rumors that had spread about the attacks are what kept most people home at night. I mean, they can't keep everything bottled up. You know, like people are going to hear stuff. I mean, those one local people chased that scooter. Yeah. So I'm sure people have heard things and they're like, oh, we better be careful. Right. Investigators finally started to release sketches, and they also gave lists of stolen items to pawn shops in the areas of the attacks. The stolen properties started to be identified in pawn shops in the Nova Novakoda yeah, district. Sorry again for the butchering. Victor, Igor, and Alexander were arrested on July 23rd of 2007. Okay. Igor attempted to sell a cell phone stolen from a victim in a local pawn shop, asking for $150 in Ukrainian money. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's around $30 in our money in 2007. Okay. Law enforcement agents tracked the phone's location once the shop's owner turned it on to check its functionality. Victor and Igor were arrested near the cash register of the shop. Alexander was arrested at home, reportedly managing to flush other stolen cell phones and jewelry down the toilet. The items were recovered, but all information on the phones was lost. The three men were charged with involvement in 29 separate incidents, including 21 murders and 8 more attacks where victims survived. Like I said, they had mutilated and tortured people, Mm -hmm. so some of them were alive. So, what about the video? We'll get there. Oh. I'm not done. I was going to say, well, I, okay. We'll talk about it. I was going to say they're arrested now, right? Yep, we'll talk about it. Oh, fuck. Okay. Igor was charged with 27 of the cases, including 21 counts of capital murder, 8 armed robberies, and 1 count of animal cruelty. Victor was charged with 25 instances, including 18 murders, 5 robberies, and 1 count of animal cruelty. And Alexander was charged with 2 counts of armed robbery, stemming from the March 1st, 2007 incident. All three confessed pretty much immediately, but Igor withdrew his confession. Okay. And their trial began in June 2008. Igor actually tried to plead not guilty. Well, Alexander and Victor pleaded guilty to all charges. They're like, yep, we're caught. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Igor actually tried to go with the insanity defense. But if you're not actually insane, it does not work, people. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Um, Victor Chevgus, not their Victor, but it's Igor's original defense lawyer. He's going to disappear in like five seconds because he left the case after reportedly being disappointed that his client's plea of insanity was not accepted so he was out he said i'm fuck this yep lawyers for the victims families argued that the level of care taken by the killers during their crime spree meant that they were fully aware of their actions Mm -hmm. so now we're going to kind of start going more into the trial okay 
Prosecution presented evidence which included bloodstains on their clothing and video recordings of the murders. Okay. The photos they took of the animals they had killed and the video of the kitten was also shown in court. Okay. The defense denied that the people in the videos were the suspects. What? Yeah. It's on Mm -hmm. on video. Mm Mm-hmm. They claim serious problems with the investigation, including at least 10 more murders covered up by the prosecution, supposed cover-ups of additional arrests of people with powerful connections who were released without being charged, even naming some of the additional people supposedly involved in the murders. Defense is like, nope, somebody totally different. Nope, not them, even though they're literally on video. But literally. Whatever. The case was heard by a panel of judges chaired by Judge Ivan Sachinko. The prosecution asked for life imprisonment from Victor and Igor, or for Victor and Igor, sorry, and 15 years of hard labor for Alexander. Ukraine has no capital punishment since February of 2000 after the Constitutional Court ruled the death penalty unconstitutional in December of 1999. Okay. The prosecution did not establish a motive behind the killings. They don't know why they started doing this, they just did. Yeah. Local media reported the killers had a plan to get rich from the murder videos they recorded. Mm. One suspect's girlfriend reported that they planned to make 40 separate videos of murders. This was corroborated by a former classmate who claimed he often heard Igor was in contact with an unknown rich foreign website operator who ordered 40 snuff videos and would pay much money once they were made. So, like, he planned this. Yep. Like, this was a whole plan. Yep. That is gross. Mm-hmm. That is... Ugh. Yeah. No words. Regional no words. Security Chief Ivan Stupak rejected the claim that the murders were committed to making internet snuff videos, saying that there was no evidence of this. But, I mean, people heard him saying it, so... Yeah. Deputy Interior Minister Nikolay commented, for these young men, murder was like entertainment or hunting. Yeah, and they were, like, doing it for money. Mm-hmm. At the trial, it emerged that Igor collected newspaper cuttings about the case. So he was not he's only doing this, this shit. He's collecting trophies in a he's way. He's getting off on it. Yeah. Some photographs of the crimes had captions added including, the weak must die, the strongest will conquer. What? Alexander's attorneys based their defense on the fact that he never participated in the murder spree and was involved only with a single incident four months before the killings began, in which two men were robbed. Mm. Alexander admitted his guilt, hoping for leniency in sentencing. Victor was requested to be represented by his... Oh. Victor requested to be represented by his father, and it was granted. He did have a court-appointed lawyer, but he had apparently only been a lawyer for, like, two months or something, Mm. and he was like, "Mm, get my dad in here. Yeah. And that was granted. Okay. So the defense strategy for the other two suspects was to attack the prosecution on a wide front. So for Victor and Igor. Mm -hmm. Alexander was kind of not in the murder sprees so he was going to get off easier than them yeah 
Multiple investigators were called to the stand, including the leader of the arrest team and the lead investigator in the case. The defense claimed illegal searches and properly kept records and problems during questioning. Igor Sienko, which is Victor's father, not okay. the other Igor, okay. raised questions about the videotape of the searches conducted in the suspect's apartments. According to Victor's father, the tape constantly stops and restarts, showing the evidence obtained only after being picked up by investigators, but never the actual moment of discovery. So he's trying to find a loophole here. Yeah. The legal team also denied that the people in the murder videos were the suspects. How? I don't know. Is what I want to know. Because I know they bludgeon them, like, to death. Yeah. And they're unrecognizable, pretty much. Yeah, but... So... God, but how do you still say, like, those those aren't the suspects. My son didn't do that. Yeah, no. I don't... That's crazy to me. Victor's father continued to speculate on the influence of the families of the real killers. Oh, my because gosh. Because they're still here, saying... Here we are. Yeah. Here we go. So, he claimed that he conducted an interview with an escaped victim who wanted his identity kept secret for fear for his life. This unnamed victim claimed that he identified the suspects in his attack and that two other men were identified and arrested. I'm sure. The suspects were supposedly released an hour later due to pressure from their families and two of the investigators were fired. What? Victor's father stated in court that four days before the three suspects were arrested, police caught two men and a woman committing one of the murders. The suspects attacked the police officers but were arrested and booked under the names of Igor and Victor, but they were not the men currently on trial. And these are just things that he's saying. Yeah. Like, he's just making this up. Yep. How dumb... Can't he, they can go back and look at records and stuff, can't they? To, like, prove if that's fact or not. I'm sure. Like... Well, they could also, like... He's lying in court. If it's an that's unnamed... Illegal. If it's well, an unnamed victim... The police obviously have a list of names of the victims, right? I mean, the victims yeah. that were attacked and survived. Yeah. They could go question them all. Yeah. Like, did you say this? Right. Are also, these the people... Like, Put them in a lineup. Yeah. Also, the pictures of them with the animals in the background hanging from trees right, like and that's completely not disemboweled. Anything. Like, the videos of them literally committing the crimes because they literally videoed themselves. But that's not them. No. Okay. And this is a little statement from Victor's father. But now these details are being covered up. The investigators claim that this did not happen. But there are people, officers and milis... Sia, who on July 19th of 2007 received reports that those three were arrested. But alas, it turned out that the persons arrested had powerful parents. So the information was qu quickly suppressed and instead my son and two of his friends were railroaded. I also believe that the girl arrested on that day has since left the country and is now in Germany. Okay, but like your son and his friends, yeah, they had the shit from yeah. when they robbed the people and they were also selling the shit to the pawn shops where they killed the people right and robbed them and took their stuff oh my gosh my brain hurts yeah me too the defense team also claimed that the prosecution withheld from the court information that exonerated their clients 
Victor's father claimed the police interviewed witnesses and recovered evidence from two additional murders. The suspects had a strong alibi for the time of these murders, so all information on these crimes was removed from the case. This guy. Victor's defense claimed that he had a psychological dependence on Igor, whom they called the ringleader. Okay. Which, he is the instigator, he is the ringleader, but... For Again, sure. Victor still committed these crimes just as much as Igor did, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. They claim that Igor repeatedly threatened Victor and that he feared for his life. No, They always still, pulled his card. He dude. still made the choice to do what he did. Yeah. Victor testified in court that he was in constant fear of Igor since the seventh grade. Seventh grade. That's a long time. Yeah. The strategy of the defense team received some support from the victim's families, who were reportedly dissatisfied with the slow-moving legal process and an alleged cover-up by investigators. Like, what? The defense is putting this shit into people's heads, bro. What? Cover-up? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just ridiculous, honestly. Some victims' relatives told the media they planned to begin an independent organization to monitor the court proceedings. The authorities in Ukraine strongly denied that a fourth person was involved in the killings, who could still be at large, and said that rumors of similar crimes taking place since the arrest of the three suspects were unfounded. They stopped. They hadn't happened since they were arrested. Probably because they're in custody. Literally. The suspect's cell phones and personal computers contained multiple video recordings of the murders. A video was leaked to the internet showing the murder of 48-year-old Sergei Yatzinko, which we kind of talked about, but mm-hmm. we're going to kind of go over the video. So Fuck. he is seen lying on his back in this video in a wooded area and is struck repeatedly in the face with a hammer held inside a plastic bag. Alright, I'm out. One attacker stabs him in the eye and abdomen with a screwdriver. He is then struck with a hammer to ensure he is dead. The attack lasts over four minutes, during which the victim lapses in and out of consciousness. One murderer is seen smiling at the camera during the video. The murderers walk back to their car, showing that the crime took place close to the side of the road, next to their parked car. They discussed the murder calmly, expressing mild surprise that the victim was still breathing after a screwdriver was plunged into his exposed brain. The suspects then washed their hands and the hammer with a water bottle and began to laugh. Only two suspects appear to be present in the video, with one always behind the camera. The suspects were also found in possession of multiple photographs showing them attending the funerals of their victims. Oh my goodness. They can be seen smiling and flipping off the coffins and gravestones. What? The photographic and video evidence was shown in court on October 29th of 2008 as part of a larger presentation of over 300 photographs and two videos. I swear if they try to say that it wasn't them one more time when they're literally on video smiling at the camera, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. The defense objected to the presentation 
claiming that the evidence was obtained illegally and that the suspects shown in the video and the photographs were digitally altered digitally to resemble altered. the suspects. Digitally altered. Bro, it's 2008. That's okay? what I was going to fucking say. What are you using? It's Photoshop? 2008. Like, now, in 2023, I could be like, not digitally altering the victims, but like, if they were digitally altering their own faces. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, 2008, bro. That was, no. No. It was not the time. No. So, when Victor and Igor were asked if they recognized the people in the photographs, you know what they replied? Tell me. (laughs) That they didn't. Of course not. Judge Ivan responded by stating, You are not blind. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Valerie Voronyuk was an expert on film and video editing, testified that the video was not faked or altered, and the court rejected all defense objections, accepted the prosecution's argument that the material was genuine, and showed the suspects in the act of murdering their victims. The man whose murder is recorded in the leaked video was identified, obviously we know that, and his murder took place on July 12th of 2007, and his body is found on the 16th of July. Wow. And he was 48 years old. I think we talked about that. Mm-hmm. But we're going to go over a little bit about him. A little bit. I know we went over a little bit about him before, mm-hmm. but now we're going to go into a little bit more detail. Okay. I feel like he needs a little bit more okay. recognition. Um, he had recently been forced into retirement because he had a cancerous tumor in his throat. Ooh. The treatment left him unable to speak for some time, but Sergi was unhappy with being unable to work and continued to find odd jobs around the village. Okay. He took on small construction work, repaired cars, wove baskets, and cooked for his family. He was actually beginning to regain his voice at the time he was murdered. Sergi was married and had two sons and one grandchild. He also looked after his disabled mother. At around 2.30... On the day of the murder, he called his wife to say he was going to fill his motorcycle and visit his grandchild. He never arrived at his grandson's house, and his cell phone was turned off by 6 o'clock. His wife, Luyad Milla, called a friend and walked around the village, afraid that her husband might have fallen ill or had a motorcycle accident, and they could not locate any sign of him. Oh, man. They also could not file a missing persons report since in Ukraine, a person cannot be declared missing until at least 72 hours after last being seen. The next day, she posted photographs of her husband around the village and enlisted more local help to search the surrounding area. 72 hours just seems like a long time. It does. It is a long time. That's three days. Yeah. Four days later... A local who saw one of her posters remembered seeing an abandoned bike in a remote wooded area by a garbage dump. He took the relatives to the scene where they discovered his mutilated and decomposing body. And it was also summertime. Mm. So, the fact that Sergi's murder was captured on video was unknown to the public until a court session on October 29th of 2008. The unedited video of the murder was shown as a part of a large presentation by the prosecution. Obviously, I talked about that. Causing Mm -hmm. shock in the gallery. I feel like that should come with a warning in court. 
Like, I feel like, I mean, maybe they did, but I feel like, you know, they should take a look at it beforehand, and then if they're going to show it in court, like, let everybody know, like, this yeah. is going to be traumatic, you need to leave. Right. If you're not ready to see this. Right. Because that will cause PTSD to anybody. Yeah. So, the video showing the murder of Sergi was leaked to a shock site based in the United States and dated December 4th of 2008. Ekaterina... Levinchko, advisor to Ukraine's Minister of the Interior, was critical of the leak, but admitted that the control of videos on the internet was virtually impossible. Which is kind of true. Yeah. On February 11th of 2009, the court found Victor and Igor guilty of premeditated murder and sentenced both to life imprisonment. Good. Igor was found guilty of 21 murders, Victor of 18. They also received 15-year sentences after being found guilty on the robbery charges. Alexander, who was not involved in the killings, was found guilty of robbery and sentenced to nine years in prison. Victor and Igor were also found guilty on the animal cruelty charges. Alexander said of Victor and Igor, If I had known the atrocities that they were capable of committing, I would not have gone near them at gunpoint. But you did yeah. And I'm pretty sure he ended up recording something. Mm-hmm. Because how were Victor and Igor in the video? Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. The judge stated in a verdict that the main motive for the crimes had been a desire for morbid self-affirmation. Mm-hmm. Referring to the accused, the court noted the poverty of their emotional world and their absence of interest in people and moral standards. Mm-hmm. The court's verdict was several hundred pages long and read out over two days. Wow. The lawyers for Igor and Victor announced their intention to appeal, saying that the authenticity of the photographic and video evidence was not established beyond a reasonable doubt. Listen, just fucking give it up. Literally. Fucking give it up, dude. They already had it examined. It hasn't been dealt. It hasn't been messed with. Also, those are the victims that went missing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you see them get murdered on camera by these two people. Literally. Put two and two together. It makes four. (laughs) I mean, come on, people. It's simple math here. I almost wanted to knock on the mic again and be like, hello. (laughs) Hello. Literally. (laughs) The claim was dismissed by Edmund Sakian, a lawyer for one of the victim's families who commented... In theory, a photo can be fake, but to fake a 40-minute video would require a studio in a whole year. Literally. Larissa Dovgal, a representative of the victim's families, claimed other perpetrators involved in the crimes could still be at large. Okay, I feel like you're just spreading rumors. Yeah. The parents of Victor and Igor repeated their belief in the innocence of their sons. Y'all need to give it up, you too. Wa- you saw the video. Dude. How do you deny... How do you still believe they're innocent? Dude. Seriously. Jesus. So, Igor's father claimed that he had been tortured to extract his confession, with the police covering his head and forcing him to inhale cigarette smoke. Yeah, I'm sure. Speaking at a televised press conference, he cited irregularities in the investigation... 
and said that the case against his son was false. Oh my gosh, just shut the fuck up at this point. Like, just shut the fuck up about it. Victor's father claimed that his son was a scapegoat and that the crimes were committed by relatives of senior officials. I can't stand these people. The parents stated their intent to appeal to the Supreme Court of Ukraine and the European Court of Human Rights. Oh my gosh, and then they're going to watch the video and they're going to say the same fucking thing. The parents of Victor and Igor also argued that the sentence on Alexander was too lenient. Which, Maybe. I feel like if he was behind the camera, he definitely should have had he some more time He was an accessory. Yeah. So. An opinion poll conducted in Nipro found that 50.3% of people believed that the sentence was fair, and 48.6% believed that the sentence should have been more severe. In April 2011, a poll found that nearly 60% of Ukrainians wanted the death penalty available for serial killings, or the judicial error had been ruled out. On August 18, 2009, the Supreme Court of Ukraine referred the case back to Nipro Regional Court of Appeal. The move was welcomed by Victor's father, who stated that it was a step toward clearing his son's oh name. Oh my gosh. Speaking at a press conference, sorry, press conference, um, Victor and Igor's father repeated their belief that the case was based on fabricated evidence, which, okay, give we it the fuck up. get it. A spokesperson for the prosecutor's office said that the decision to refer the case back to the appeal court was procedural and that they were confident that the verdict would be upheld. The appeal was scheduled for October 5th of 2009. In an interview with the newspaper, Novi Most, the mothers of Victor and Igor said that their children were being treated well in prison. Nobody cares. Mm. I hope they're getting beat. I hope so. And smacked around and eating shitty food. I hope. I hope. I really hope. I hope they have the time that they deserve. Yeah. Um, have the day you deserve. Yeah. It was also reported that Victor's father was considering setting up a website about this case, which, bro, nobody's going to support you. Okay. On November 24th, 2009, the Supreme Court of Ukraine, guess what they did? what they do? They upheld those life sentences passed on to victor and igor in february 2009 nice. so take that bitches fuck off alexander didn't appeal his nine-year sentence i think he might have learned his lesson but yeah still i don't mm-hmm. know he's kind of a gray area for me in this yeah because i'm like okay he knew the murders were happening though yeah he didn't report it he but he might have been like traumatized by it and like scared now if anybody was scared of igor it's alexander Mm -hmm. and victor Mm -hmm. but also he's tried to flush those cell phones and all the jewelry down the toilet before the police came that's true so it's kind of like yeah i just i think he deserves prison sentence regardless yeah in april 2019 it was reported that alexander had been released from prison after serving nine years and he is now married with two children. Okay. The other two are still serving their time. Good. I hope Rest they die. Rest in turmoil, bitches. I hope they die in there. Me too. And I hope it's gruesome. I hope they die a gruesome. I hope somebody attacks them with a blunt, blunt object. 
and kills them the way that they deserve to be killed. That's aggressive, but... Yeah, but hey. I don't care. We don't like murderers. No, we don't. No, No, we don't. Well. That was horrifying. Um, that was rough. Don't go watch the video. Do not go try to seek out that video. Please. Um, if you haven't already, go follow our socials. Link in the show notes. Um, go check out our Patreon. Uh, <laughs> I'm blanking right now. I'm so tired. This is the fourth time we've recorded today, so we're a little, like, yeah. on the deep end right now. Oh, if you want, if you have a story, if you have a case suggestion, DM us on the socials. Send us an email to tcstpod at gmail.com. Make sure you put story time or true crime in the, in the note. Um, or, here's an idea. Instead of that... You can just go subscribe to our Patreon and be part of our Discord server, and you can just talk to us about it right there. There you go. In, in right you. there. I made a whole Discord server where you can connect with other listeners, and you can chat about our episodes, or you can chat with us, or you can tell us suggestions, or if you have questions about cases that we've already talked about. There you go. You can just do that. Pretty, and pretty cool. that's all I got. We will see you guys next time. Bye.